Welcome to episode 77 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. A spoof on popular quiz shows of the time, It Pays to Be Ignorant was a popular comedy radio show that ran for nine years on three networks from 1942 to 1951, usually as a summer replacement program. It starred the show's creator Tom Howard as the quiz master who asked the panelists questions consisting of Harry McNaughton, Lily McConnell, and George Shelton. Most questions were asked by Howard but some were provided by audience members, and instead of answering them, the panelists inevitably went off on comedic tangents and insults towards each other, without ever answering correctly. The original cast brought the show to television, first from June 6th to September 19th, 1949, then it was revived from July 5th to September 27th, 1951, but Howard pretended as if the 1949 episodes had never existed, and then the show was revived a third time from September 10th, 1973, to September 1974. But, starring Joe Flynn as the quizmaster, and the panelists were Joanne Worley, Billy Baxter, and Charles Nelson Riley. Now, sit back and enjoy the August 18th, 1944 broadcast of It Pays to Be Ignorant. What is an optimist? A person who does a crossword puzzle in ink. Correct. Pay that man $8. <laughs> What do they call the inhabitants of Egypt? People. Correct. Pay that man nine dollars because... It pays to be ignorant. A zany half hour with those masters of insanity, Harry McNaughton, George Shelton, the nail-up girl Lula McConnell, and featuring Doc Novick's orchestra. But now, here's the man who proves it pays to be ignorant, Tom Howard. again that quiz program which is making the monkeys think they are pretty smart. With a board of experts who are fast becoming an institution, and that's where they belong. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled How to Understand the Einstein Theory, or Three Easy Ways to Fall Out of a Boat. But here he is, here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. You'll never fail. Yes, there was a young fellow named Paul who went to a fancy dress ball, but sad to relate, he dressed up as a steak and was eaten with relish by all. I see. I hope he was tender. Yes, another fellow went as a pound of butter, you know. Uh-huh. He wanted to spread himself. Oh, <laughs> Next, we have a woman who was so big, when she goes out at night, she has to wear headlights. A woman who is so stout, they have to grease her hips to get her through the hollow tunnel. Here she is. Here she is, as much of her as we could get in the studio, Miss Lulu McConnell. You know, Mr. Howard, I'm through with horse racing. You're wise, Miss McConnell. Running around those tracks is too strenuous for a woman of your age. (laughs) They really took me to the cleaners yesterday. I see. I thought you looked fresher this evening. You know, I put everything I had on one horse. Miss McConnell, you couldn't get everything you have on one horse. Is that so? One of these nights, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I see. You better keep it. You can't afford it. Next. (laughs) 
Next, we have a man who was such a mean kid, his parents ran away from home. <laughs> a man, a man who spent three days in a revolving door looking for the doorknob, Mr. George Shelton. Mr. Shelton. Hey, you know, Mr. Hart, coming up to the studio this evening, I lost my checkbook. Yeah, well, that isn't serious. No, but it would have had been if I hadn't been so smart. You were smart? Yeah, yeah. This, I gotta hear. Yeah, yeah. You see, no one else can use them but me. I'll come. I signed every one of the checks with my name. Well, Mr. Sheldon, if you have a brain, it's overdrawn. Well, here is the first question on the docket for this evening. Pay attention. The question's about animals. Here is the question. What is the habitat of the Bengal tiger? Yes. <laughs> What is what, Mr. Howard? Now, what is the habitat of the Bengal tiger? He means what are the habits of the Bengal tiger? I don't mean habit. I mean habitat. Let me put it this way. Where is the Bengal tiger's abode? Oh, that's my favorite dessert. Pie a la bode. Mr. Howard, did you say abode? I said abode. That's what I thought you said. you know that? <laughs> I thought you said that. Uh-huh. Carry on. Carry on. Chin up, stout fella. Ah, oh, cut it out, will you? You mean none of you know where the Bengal tiger can be found? Who lost him, Mr. Howard? Oh, please. <laughs> well, why, why don't you put an ad in the paper, Mr. Howard? Look. No, that, that wouldn't do any good, you know. Tigers can't read. Tigers can't read. No, all right, please. Hey, how did you come to lose him? I didn't lose him. Well, how do you like that he didn't lose him? Look. Well, what are you asking us to look for him if you didn't lose him? I asked. I asked you where it could be found. Then he must be lost. Ah, wait a minute, will you please? Mr. Howard, Mr. Howard, tell me, doesn't the tiger belong to the cat family? Yes, that's right. The tiger is a member of the cat family. Then why don't you ask Mrs. Cat where he is? Mrs. Cat. <laughs> Miss McConnell, you have a one-track mind. I have? Yes, and there's always a troop train on it. Look, that's your part of him. I'm trying to find where the Bengal tiger is found, or rather, what part of the world the Bengal tiger lives. That's three times he's changed the question. Uh, yeah, I wish he'd change the animal. I don't like tigers. I like kangaroos. Kangaroos. Ah, they're much cuter. Oh, oh yes. I saw a kangaroo up at the zoo yesterday. It was carrying two little baby kangaroos in front of it. Two baby kangaroos? Yes, it opened a second front. Ah, <laughs> You know, I saw a kangaroo up there the other day and it was crying its eyes out. No. What was the matter? Well, you see, the baby kangaroo ran away and left Mama holding the bag. Left Mama. <laughs>
come to that part of the program and we ask the studio audience to help us out. We've invited two members of the audience up here on the stage. They can ask the experts a question. If they get an intelligent answer, we give them the controlling interest in the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> if they don't, we give them the experts if they'll take them. Who is our first guest this evening, Mr. Roberts? Our first guest, Mr. Howard, is technician fourth grade, Jesse Kaplan of the United States Army. Well, that's How do you do, sir? Technician, fourth grade. Well, we have something in common. Fourth grade, that's as far as I got in school. So, let's get going. Where I never are you... made the grade. What's that? I never made the grade. Oh, never mind. Where, where are you from, uh, Jesse Kaplan? That is your hometown. Would you care to tell us? Oh, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. Oh, boy, they're one of our allies. One of our allies. I used to work. I used to work in that town. I did terrible. I was a barber at a soda water fountain. You were a, you were a barber at a soda fountain. Yeah, I used to shave the ice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Mr. Kaplan, if these jerks are annoying you, I'll have them exterminated. Uh, what are you doing here? I suppose you're home on a furlough. Is that right? That's right. Uh, well, Mr. that's Howard. fine. I hope you're enjoying yourself. What did you do before you entered the service? I was a writer. You were a writer? Uh, what kind of a writer? I used to write gags for radio comedians. <laughs> you? <laughs> uh, so, so you're one of those guys, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to meet one of you fellas. You're all gags for radio. Uh, what kind of... Say, would you... Just for instance, would you tell us one of your gags for a change? Well, uh, Have you got one you could tell us? Like, uh, went, uh, oh yeah, I, I got one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, friend of mine went to see a doctor about a week back. About a week. And the doctor asked him, uh, "When did he get the week back?" And he said, "About a week back." <laughs> well, now I know why you're in the fourth grade. <laughs> You know, uh, changing the subject, Sergeant Captain, uh, you know, I was in the last war, yes. Never never forget one night the captain said, you won't have to do guard duty tonight. So I called up my girl and said, let's go out, dear. I'm not on guard. And yeah, what did she say? She said, you may not be on guard, but I am. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> McCrawl, now thank you not to interrupt while I'm talking to a guest. Uh, are you having a good time? I always have a good time. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> oh, thanks for the favor. Pay no attention to them. We're very, very glad to have you with us. Yeah, what's your first name, honey? Jesse, sweetheart. What? Jesse, sweetheart. <laughs> what? Sweetheart. I'm getting a break. <laughs> hey, he's killed this house. Yes, he is. Killed. Oh, boy, what a man. You waited. Well, you waited a long time. You could just call me Lady Godiva. Yeah. 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 I have such beautiful hair. You have. Yes. You, you look more like a horse than you <laughs> Well, Jesse, we've enjoyed having you with us. Will you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for it? And when you get a hold of one, would you kindly read it right into the microphone, if you will? Oh, I have it right here. How many instruments are there in a string quartet? How many instruments are there in a string quartet? 
Well, Mr. Howard, that's a musical question, isn't it? Yeah, that's a musical question. Yes. No, I beg to differ with you two gentlemen. I say it is not a musical question. That's right. Well, what kind of a question is it? On high and impartial authority, I would say it is a mathematical question. I see. And no other exploit can make that statement. I see. <laughs> well, you stay away from Ken Roberts. That's right. <laughs> How absurd. Let's, let's get on here. How utterly absurd. Any moron would know it's a musical question. Just ask Mr. Howard. That's right, I say. And that's beside the point. I say the question is a mathematical question because it asks how many instruments, not what kind of instruments. That's right. Well, now, wait a minute, Mr. Sheldon. Mr. Sheldon has a point there. You could call it a mathematical question. That's right. Do you, uh, you mind if I call it a musical question? I don't care what you call it. Just try and answer. Well, I'm going to call it a mathematical question. That's right. <laughs> what, uh, what are you going to call the question, Miss McConnell? What was the question? Uh, <laughs> Miss McConnell, if you ever change your mind, try and get a better one, will you? <laughs> Look. Do any of you know what a musical instrument is? Do we? Why, rather. What do you mean, Mr. Howard? Why, I play musical instruments, mm. especially the mouth organ. All right. In fact, I, I have my mouth organ right here with me. Never mind. See here? Wait, I'll play it for you. Here, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you've got the mouth organ in your mouth, but I can't hear anything. I'm playing Silent Night. Ah, oh, please. <laughs> and he played it beautifully, yeah. too. Mr. McNaughton, your IQ is lower than the Brooklyn Dodgers. Let's get on here. Let's get on. Mr. Yellen, did you ever hear of Gershwin? No, I did not. Well, did you ever hear of Damrosh? No, I did not. I never heard of Victor Herbert Ethan. <laughs> Victor Herbert Ethan. That's why I'd like to see you under Ether. Let's get on you know, I play a wonderful violin, too. In fact, I can play anything on a violin. Yeah, but you can't play a piano on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was quite a musician in my younger days. You are? Yeah. Yeah. I my imagine young... that, but you have some memory in your younger <laughs> days. No, when I was one year old, I played on the linoleum. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I tried the linoleum, but I slipped up on it. Ah, uh, <laughs> Why don't you two find a scrap heap someplace and lay down on it? Now, look, we have a musical question here. Oh, musical, yes. I was at a musical gathering the other night. The Concert Five played Beethoven. How was it? Beethoven lost, five to two. <laughs> now, here is the next question. It's rather unusual. I have here a short biographical sketch of a very famous person. I will assume the character of this person you are to try and identify him. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Not so fast. I haven't given you the first clue yet. Just shows you how fast I am. Yeah, all right. See how fast you can get the question. See if you can identify this person by the description I give you. Uh, I was a great explorer. I was born in Italy in the year 1436. The son of a woolcomber. You were born in 1436? That's right. Why, Mr. Howard, you don't look that old. Oh, no, no, please. Why, dear, no, you don't look a day over 70. I see. Well, I worry a lot, Mr. McLaughlin. Thank you. I'm just representing his character. You mean you were his agent? Look, I'm taking, I'm taking his identity. I was born in Italy, 1436, the son of a Wilcomer. The son of a what? The son... <laughs> I went to sea. 
Now, who am I? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> You're Tom Howard. I'm Tom Howard. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know I'm Tom Howard, but right now I'm someone else. Well, I hope the change is an improvement. <laughs> well, who are you now? What's your first name, honey? Ah, cut it out. Look, I'll give you another clue. One day while playing with a Meg, I decided the world was round. Now who am I? He still doesn't know who he is. Why, why don't you call up the Bureau of Missing Persons? First he loses a tiger, now he's lost himself. Well, what can you expect from a man who goes around playing with eggs? Uh, and the price of eggs today. You know what I paid for eggs today? Sixty-nine cents a dozen. All right, all right. Sixty-nine cents a dozen for eggs. Yeah, okay, you Almost five cents each. Okay. Sixty-nine cents. Well, I mean... I mean, Miss McConnell, you know, after all, that's not so expensive. Not when you consider that an egg is a whole day's work for a chicken. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And the superintendent has to eat, too. Who's the superintendent? The rooster. <laughs> when you leave this place, pay attention here. As I said before, after deciding the world was round, I went to Spain and I met Queen Isabella. You did? Tell me, how is the old girl? She is. <laughs> I told the queen I wanted some chips. I didn't get the ships, but the queen believed in me, so what did she do? She taught you how to swim. She, she pawned all her jewels, gave me the money to buy ships so I could discover America. Now, who am I? All those ships and he still lost. Uh, well, let me make it simple. Who discovered America? Well, don't look at me. I've been out of town. Uh, let me put it this way. What is the name of the circle at 59th and Broadway? You mean where that big statue is in the middle of it? That's right. There's a man on top of the statue? Right. Now, who am I? Oh, statue! Statue! <laughs> Yes, Mr. Howard, is leading airwoman Helen Brown of the Royal Canadian Air Force. Good evening, Miss Brown, and thank you for coming up. How do you feel, Miss Brown? Very well, thank you, Mr. Howard. Well, that's very nice. Uh, your hometown, would you care to tell us, please? Toronto, Ontario. Toronto, Ontario. That's fine. Well, great time. Been that many times. Chase Theater still there, I guess. Yes, it is. Oh, isn't that great? Uh, I bet they're proud of you back home. How long have you been in the service? About 17 months, Mr. Hyde. 17 months. Well, great. Uh, and I, I bet 
I bet you like it, too. Oh, I love it very much. Yes, I imagine you do. Hey, you know, Mr. Hart, I used to know a girl from Toronto. You did? Yeah, lovely girl. Okay. But what a character her old man was. Uh -huh. <laughs> Tell us about it. Well, it's quite a story. You see, about 25 years ago, he went up to that town to live. Yeah. He didn't have a cent. He bought a wheelbarrow on credit and started in the junk business. And how much do you think he's worth today? Well, tell me, how much is he worth? Not a cent. <laughs> and not only that, but he still owes for the wheelbarrow. Isn't that hard? Can you imagine that still owing for the yeah, wheelbarrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His credit must be good. Yes, credit must be fine. All right. Uh, will you stop? If these nitwits are annoying you, Miss Brown, just say so and I'll throw acid in her face. Uh, uh, how do you like New York? I like it very much. Have you met any of the boys down here yet? No. Uh, how do you like the boys in New York compared with the boys in Toronto? Oh, are you married? No, I'm not. Well, then you can answer that. How, uh, how do you compare the boys with New York to the boys in Toronto? Well, I don't know any boys in New York. Uh, you don't know any boys? You haven't met any? No, no. Well, listen, you haven't been around much. You? <laughs> I imagine all you've got to do is one, walk one block. Uh, you know what? Uh, I know. mean, with your appearance. <laughs> You know, oh. Miss Brown, I was a doctor in the last war. You were a doctor. I remember a soldier came to me with a weak back, so I asked him how long he'd had a weak back, and he said... <laughs> And a few minutes ago told that guy. Oh, so that's what I heard. Ah, oh, please. That's, I hope they're not annoying you, Miss Brown. I love your uniform, honey. I bet you I bet you're a pin up girl for some lucky soldier. Oh, yeah. I bet she is. Do you think I'd make a good pin up girl? Only in a bowling alley, Miss Brown. <laughs> enough to read the question when you get one. Just take your time and read it. In which season of the year do people take their summer vacation? <laughs> Very good. In what season of the year do people take their summer vacation? Did you hear the question, Mr. McNaughton? Mr. McNaughton, are you over there? No, I'm over here. You're over there. <laughs> Boy, the guy is still lost. Look, the question's about summer vacation. I wish I could take a vacation. Yeah. Oh, this heat's been terrible. Yeah, well, you don't look so hot. <laughs> but I'm sleeping better lately. I bought one of those inner spring mattresses. You did? Yeah. Uh, you didn't have to wear it to the studio tonight. I did. <laughs> the question is, the question is, in what season of the year do people take a summer vacation? My wife and I went to Asbury Park for our vacation. You did? Yes, and the clerk of the hotel asked us the silliest questions. Asked us if we wanted twin beds. <laughs> Well, what's silly about that? My wife and I aren't twins. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, silly, we don't even look alike. You don't look alike. No. I imagine you wouldn't look alike. Your wife, no doubt, has a head. Let's get on here. Well, say, there's no crowd in the hotels are crowded this year. All right. Why, well, the only room they gave me at Ocean Grove was a single room with running water. Oh, well, <laughs> 
I don't like to sleep with strangers. All right, never mind. I spent my vacation in Atlantic City. I never had any trouble getting a room. Uh-huh. I stopped at the Benjamin Franklin Hotel. Oh, uh, wait a minute. The Benjamin Franklin Hotel's in Philadelphia. Is it? Yes. Well, no wonder it was such a long walk to the beach. <laughs> Get on with the program before someone starts another monologue. Oh, I just we... got a new monologue from Sears Roebuck this morning. You got a new monologue from Sears. <laughs> Miss McConnell, you mean catalog. That's oh. a book showing the things the store has for sale. No, 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 you're wrong, Mr. Howard, I think. Yes, you're, you're referring to a dialogue. Oh, I am. Yes. Miss McNaughton, you're nuts. A dialogue is a conversation between two people. Then what's a polywog? Answer me that. What's a polywog? Oh, ain't that awful? All right, a polywog is, well, it's a... Nugly-looking animal makes funny noises and keeps getting bigger all the time. The older it gets, the more it croaks. Now we're back to Miss McConnell again. Oh, <laughs> This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks.